0: Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 43. Our sponsor for this episode is Thrasher Coffee. So shop at ThrasherCoffee.com for specialty coffees and use the code THANKSTHRASHER to get 25% off. I am Joe Darnell and joining me is my special guest, my co-host. He has returned, Mr. Eric Rauch. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. For this special occasion, episode 43, you you missed episode 42, the the representative episode of the, you know, meaning of life, the number 42. Absolutely. yeah, yeah Very big deal. We're, we're going to make this uh, special instead.
1: So this is the meaning of life plus one.
0: We're doing so. Yeah, exactly. And for the meaning of life plus one, we have a very special co- sort of coffee beverage today. Absolutely. We're not doing the normal fare. We're introducing something to some, I imagine a lot of our listeners don't, know really what it tastes like. They may have not ever tried it. They've heard of it, but they just haven't given it a shot. And I think uh, I think this is important. I think all of our listeners should learn to appreciate the beverage that we're having.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because it's it's fall. You know, we're in the in the middle of fall. It's it's uh where we're where we're at. It's kind of blustery and rainy and cold, damp. It just this is the kind of kind of coffee beverage that just really fits the Fits the uh, the mood of the day, I I guess, and and kind of the mood of fall. It just it just it just feels like something that that is uh, that is appropriate.
0: Now you, you know you're talking about fall. I don't normally think of wet weather for fall. Not here in Georgia, anyway. Well,
1: I, I mean, it's become our new normal. Apparently, it
0: has. This is all that we get now. All we get is rain. It yeah. has been raining like almost every day since July, the end of July. <laughs> yeah,
1: see, I mean, we, we've had a we've had a couple really beautiful fall days, but yeah for the most part, it's been bleak and dreary and and kind of depressing,
0: so we're breaking out the eggnog a little bit early this season, yes, yes, but this episode, yes, but this episode is not about eggnog,
1: oh well, yeah, I've, I've broken out the eggnog, but yes, but we're talking about something <laughs> talking about something else. well,
0: it might as well be what's really popular right now is the old fashioned is an interesting cocktail that you get served at a lot of bars. In restaurants and in the home.
1: Yeah, well, well, mixed mixed drinks in general—they're having a bit of a resurgence. There's a renaissance. Yeah, it, it is. It's a—I mean, it's a—it's a good thing to see. You know, microbreweries, and uh, and there for a while, wine was the um like during the '80s, wine was a wine was a big deal, and and these things are still a big deal. But it's like now in the uh, whatever we call where we're at, the 2010s, and I think, like you said earlier, it's it's doing in large part to to the, the popularity of of madmen but there's there's this sort of awakening uh, of liquor and and mixed drinks and spirits
0: a few years ago on vacation i was thinking to myself what kind of drink do i want well i want and i think i want an old-fashioned and i stopped at a bar in san francisco and they honestly didn't know what i was talking about really yeah and i thought that that was the strangest thing so i did a little digging and it was shortly after that i started hearing about it on other podcasts And one of the podcasters pointed out that it's like been his go-to drink of choice. And he was a little frustrated by the fact that all these years, nobody was paying attention to the beverage and he'd been recommending it all along. Yeah. And
1: then one day a television
0: show changes all of that.
1: Right. Now it's popular. Now I don't like it anymore. Yeah, kind (laughs) of. But the the
0: problem too was that there are a variety of different recipes for such a beverage, you know? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And, And it had
0: been modernized. You know, if you go into a Chili's restaurant in America and you ask for an old fashioned and they look it up on their recipe book they're probably right. going to throw in a a red cherry and they're going to add right. a large orange peel and you know not the appropriate kind of sugar and, and 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 they won't even have you a rye whiskey to go with it so the beverage you get is not like the original recipe
1: yeah i i think whenever i think of those kind of things i, I think of my dad he orders a very very particular manhattan when, when he goes to a restaurant mm. um so he it's it's about uh, i don't know 10 words long, what his, you know, he doesn't just order a Manhattan. He orders a perfect Manhattan straight up with a twist and, 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 and not on the rocks with the rocks on the side, you know, he's got this, this whole little deal that he gives, but all those, all those words mean something. And that's like code to the bartender to make it like this and this and this. I want, I want this. Oh, it's a, it's a VO, it's a VO perfect Manhattan. So, so he, so he wants Seagram's VO whiskey in it. I mean, he's, he, he's very particular. He, he knows what he wants, but sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to say like, like well, let's just let's just do the reveal. We're talking about Irish coffee today. Irish coffee doesn't necessarily mean the same thing into every restaurant you walk into. Sometimes you go in and you order an Irish coffee, they're going to put Baileys in, into a cup of coffee and, and put it in front of you. Like, that's, that's not an Irish coffee. Um, <laughs> but, but for them it is, That's because that's, that's what they recognize to be. So sometimes you do have to be particular to get what you want. Yeah, uh,
0: special people in my life, I won't say who, introduced me to Irish coffee with Baileys. Mm. They, they said, here's how you make a Irish coffee. You know, we, we bought a bottle of Baileys. And we started adding it to our coffee and we would have that on the weekends. It was Mm -hmm. a nice wake up, you know, drink. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, not bad. And I was just getting into beer at the time, craft beer. I've really been fond of Sam Adams all these years. And I know that that's not crafty craft beer, but it's, it, it suits me. And I like their seasonal beers and you get a wide variety that way. Right. And so it was the next step, a great way to be introduced to other kinds of specialty beverages you go to an irish coffee it's a good choice right but cocktails in general i think that that's where a lot of americans get their feet wet and for this time of year like we started with with talking about the weather i really dig a good irish coffee at this time of year yeah so when the weather drops below 60 degrees I want to get some Irish whiskey. I want to get some, the proper ingredients. I want to prep my, my heavy whipping cream or whipped cream. Right. I don't have an espresso machine. And we'll talk about some of the options we have here for Irish coffee. But I'll prepare my concentrated Aeropress coffee and use this to make a a good Irish coffee. It's not got too much alcohol in it that y- if you can't get work done. Yeah. So we're having one right now.
1: We are. And and the nice thing about all those things that you just mentioned is that if you buy the Baileys or you buy the Carolans, you you buy the pre-made Irish Irish cream liqueur in in the bottle, it's already mixed up. You know, there's not much else you can do with it. But when you have the components, you have you have the whiskey, you have the coffee, you have the cream those can all be used for for other recipes and it can be drank separately you can drink the coffee separately you can drink the whiskey separately so it, it gives you a little bit more variety there but yeah when you when you take all three of those and there's a there's a pinch of brown sugar in there too mm-hmm. right yes. um you put all this together and it's a it's a pretty magical drink so a little background on the irish coffee what, joe what are you even
0: talking about irish coffee what is this no we're not they talking about They don't grow about... coffee in ireland exactly to dispel that myth It has nothing to do with leprechauns. (laughs) These are not those kinds of beans. (laughs) The truth is what it boils down to is it has Irish whiskey, some kind of sugar. It has uh, some kind of whipping cream or whipped cream, and usually a strong, dark roasted coffee or an espresso. Those are the key ingredients. The way it got started was back in 1942, there was an airplane base, one of those boat planes businesses back in the 1940s was rather popular and flights would fly from New York to this particular place in, what is it, Foynes? And yes. from there they'd go to Newfoundland and back again. And so on these uh, trips, uh, the, there was a restaurant there at the, at the airport, the small airport for the boat planes. In Foynes. Yes, and okay. the, the chef, the master chef was Joe Sheridan. And Sheridan came up with this idea for the Irish coffee for a particular plane ride that had gone south. You know, they were actually trying to fly to New York and they hit too much bad weather. So they were turning around and coming around. back. And on the return trip, Joe Sheridan serves everybody in the plane that wanted one, a Irish coffee.
1: Didn't even have a name at that point. No, it was, it was the a, first time. And it, it was like a comfort drink, like welcome back. You know, Sorry that your, that your flight was so miserable, but here, try this.
0: And, and really, he wasn't trying to invent something. Yeah. He just wanted to give somebody, th- those people, a, a nice hot beverage.
1: Just made something nice with the stuff he had on hand.
0: It, it was a rainy night. Yeah. It was a bad day. The weather was gruesome. It was Kinda probably like just like the weather today. today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he continued to serve it in his restaurant.
1: Well, well, tell the story about the guy that said, hey, man, is that Brazilian?
0: <laughs> yeah. The story goes that an American's like, hey, buddy. And he asks, you know, the chef, is this Brazilian coffee? And he's like, no, that's Irish coffee. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a great page. Even if that
1: story's not true, that's pretty awesome.
0: And since then we, we have a whole culture that surrounds this, you know, the restaurant continued to serve the beverage for about six, seven years. The one restaurant shut down, boat planes fell out of fashion. The other kind of planes, the modernized planes that don't land in water (laughs) became more commonplace. And so the Joe Sheridan started serving Irish coffee from another restaurant Then there were people that worked at the Buena Vista in uh, San Francisco that wanted to serve the beverage there in California. And so they tried to master the recipe. It took a while for them to figure it out, how to get it just right. Because when they were putting the whipping cream on top of the beverage, it would just sink into the beverage. And eventually they found Joe Sheridan and he showed them his technique, you know, so that they could reproduce the Irish coffee And it turned out to be a huge hit. You know, they served maybe 2,000 Irish coffees a day for many years there at the Buena Vista. And I remember I went to another bar in San Francisco. That was also known for their Irish coffee and it was just amazing. Hmm. And that was the first time I can say I had that on vacation about three years ago. That was the first time I can say that I had a genuinely well-prepared Irish coffee that had nothing to do with Bailey's and that changed everything for me. It was the turning point where I realized that was actually one of the first times I'd ever had handcrafted coffee, anything. And that was super simple. It was really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I I typically associate probably because. I've, I've lived on the East Coast my entire life, except for a few years where I lived in, in the Seattle area. I typically associate Irish coffee with something as being like an East Coast thing. I don't think of that as being a, a West Coast thing.
0: No, it doesn't feel like, well, we have a lot more Irish over here, right?
1: Right. I, I mean, I guess, I assume so.
0: And, but then, you know, the coffee cultures out there in Seattle, yeah, coffee's all over the country, yes. And the world's best coffee is on every street corner of New York City. Mm-hmm. But we have just uh, an interesting amalgamation for Irish coffee. It actually came from Irish people, Irish in Ireland, and they perfected it there. And then it made it over here to California. Mm. Who would have thought of that?
1: God bless you, Ireland. (laughs) I second that. Thank you for your coffee.
0: So the way I'm preparing ours today is not necessarily the way that the Irish do. What we have here is not whipped cream, but we have whipping cream. And I prefer that. Like I said, the, there's a few different. The heavy kinds. whipping
1: cream, the yeah, the stuff that that you can turn into heavy whipped cream, cream, but it's a liquid when you buy it. And the reason I prefer this is because
0: you can adjust how much of that kind of cream and sugar you have in the beverage. Yeah. If you're using whipped cream, you probably have the sugar and the cream mixed together, and you're stuck with what you have. It's harder to re- refine. You can o- you can only add sugar, you can't take away from. Right. And it would take a lot of time to to make that whipped cream. And like, I don't need that in my beverage. I'm sure it looks good. It is tasty. I've had it before, but I liked the whip, The sorry, the heavy cream a little bit better.
1: I do too. I don't think of an Irish coffee as a dessert drink. I think of more, it more as an after dinner drink. I don't know if there's really much of a difference there, but uh, the times when I've really craved an Irish coffee is, is when you're in a restaurant, it's after a big meal, you, you kind of stuffed, you want coffee, but you also want something to, to settle your stomach now, when I say properly made, I mean a properly made the way we're having it here. Not not with a big huge mountain of of whipped cream on the top, but it's tan. It it it, it doesn't come out black. It comes out like it, it looks like coffee with cream in it rather than, than coffee with whipped cream floating on top of it. That may be the you know the Joe Sheridan way, but my ugly American preferred method is is the way we're having it this morning, which is heavy whipping cream mixed in. So there's there's nothing floating on top. It's just a, a nice tan warm delicious drink
0: have you ever tried whiskey and coffee together without sweeteners or creams i have and when i had it it just wasn't very pleasant i mean you can get by you mean you just taking
1: it. black coffee and mixing it with whiskey and, and and that's it yes yeah no i don't i can't say i have
0: yeah i just don't find it to be pleasant it's it's only halfway there huh. and i don't really favor creams or sugars additives in my other kind of coffee beverages we've spoken about this many times before I'm not very fond of frappuccinos, you know, out of a bottle by Starbucks. I mean, Lula. Yeah.
1: But yeah. And, and the one you made this morning isn't, isn't sickeningly sweet. There's, there's just a, a touch of sugar in there. There's, there's just enough sweetness to, to take off a little bit of the edge of the, the whiskey. That's one of my preferences as I mean, you could make it really sweet if you wanted to.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about the sweetener next. Before that, though, I want to say my thanks to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the Top Brew Podcast and our website. Thrasher is the craft roaster from the heart of Dixie. They specialize in fresh roasts available that are made to your order and delivered to your door within 48 hours of your purchase. I love their coffee and I receive my freshly roasted order every two weeks. I personally can recommend them for their craftsmanship and my satisfaction from their delicious coffees. Thrasher has a medium, a medium dark, and a dark roast. As well as these days, you just added not too long ago an espresso and a decaf specialty coffee. And I just think that if you are looking for one particular kind of roast, you'll find the archetype of that roast from Thrasher Coffee. In just a few clicks at their web store is where you get them. You get them at thrashercoffee.com and you get your favorite varieties by the pound in 16 ounce pounds, you know, not the 12 ounce pounds that shortchange you, which is most commonplace today. You get them and ship to you at their peak freshness. Like I said, you know, if you're getting them when they're ideal, you're never getting a stale bean at Thresher. And if you want to give their handcrafted roast a try before you commit to something like a subscription, you can just order by the pound and see which ones that you like. Or you can get a sample box where they give you a half a pound. Isn't it, Eric? Y'all give a half a pound of every kind of roast in the sampler box together.
1: It's six ounces of four different coffee. So it's actually a pound and a half total of coffee interesting
0: yeah and that that way you can just try them all and this is a perfect time of year that if you want to buy the sampler box for someone it'd make a great gift and now you need to put that order in if you want to get it to people on time for a gift game exchange and, or just christmas you know think about this mid-december you want to get those orders in by the december 25th you know or, or any christmas time of Eve. the year honest to god <laughs> but this time of year we're thinking about gifts eric that's true and coffee is the gift that keeps on i'm talking giving. about
1: gifts any time of the year Brings joy to the world. But everybody gives gifts at Christmas, but there's, you yeah, you can buy it all year round.
0: Yeah. You should just give Thrasher coffee as gifts all, all year the round. time. right? Mm-hmm. Thrasher's premium coffee does not come at the premium price of other craft roasters. All their roasts are $17.99 plus $5 shipping on the total order. When you subscribe to a regularly delivered pound or more of your favorite roast Thrasher always treats our listeners like the smart coffee drinkers that y'all are. So top brews listeners get 25% off of their purchase with the coupon code THANKSTHRASHER for the month of November at checkout. THANKSTHRASHER, all one word. So my thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting our podcast and being the world's best coffee producer ever. I'm using their coffee for our Irish coffee today. We're using the Liberty Roast and I'm sure we could have done just as well with the Dark Roast or the Espresso, the the Frontier Roast. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't really notice the distinct qualities, the the distinct traits of its flavor profile as a coffee in a mixed drink like this. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to refine my Irish coffee today, I would probably try the Prospect. Mm -hmm. Just as a darker roast, I think that it would be a little bit more like a Guinness, (laughs) (laughs) in a a manner of speaking.
1: You can modify any of the, the ingredients that you put into it. There's all sorts of varieties, all sorts of ways you can go about it. It's a fun thing to do.
0: Now, if you were to look up Irish coffee recipes like I have on Google, every one of the results on the first page is going to be completely different. There isn't one recipe that seems to be the same. There's no complete consensus. Yeah, there's no
1: authorized Irish coffee recipe.
0: Yeah, unless you want to go back to how Joe Sheridan made it. But even then you have to ask like, well, how much sugar did he put into his cream that he made into the whipped cream? And yeah. I don't know that we know that information.
1: I, I, I mean, we, we probably have people that claim that they do, but it's like everything else in the in the culinary world. I mean, it's just your mileage may vary, so to and, speak. And, uh, you know,
0: adjust to your personal taste. Right, right. So what we have here, though, is the first recipe that I tried called for two tablespoons of brown sugar. We used to that and I felt like it was just a little bit heavy. So I needed to change my whiskey and coffee ratios to match better with the sugar. I didn't want to put in less sugar. I wanted to increase the coffee, slightly decrease the whiskey and leave the sugar the same. Mm -hmm. So today we have two scoops or, or two tablespoons of light brown sugar. We have about two and a half ounces of Irish whiskey. We're using the Irishman which is uh, Founders Reserve whiskey. It's just, it's actually a really fine Irish whiskey by itself. I've tried it by, uh, by itself. It's very affordable and I love it, but it didn't come recommended in any of the recipes that I found online.
1: Yeah, typically you're going to find that they use Jameson in in Irish whiskey because that's kind of like the go-to Irish whiskey. But this, this one I wasn't familiar with, but I tried a little bit of it just by itself. And it does have a touch of sweetness to it more so than the Jameson does. It does work really well in the Irish coffee.
0: And the various Irish coffee recipes will call for different kinds of Irish whiskeys. You know, if you want to try those out, there's no harm in doing it. At the end of the day, though, start with a decent Irish whiskey and go from there. Uh, but for <laughs> I'm looking at this recipe on Chowhound.com for the Irish whiskey. It calls for six teaspoons of demerara or turbinado sugar. Hmm. That's three times more than the amount of sugar we're using in ours today.
1: Well, no. You said six teaspoons. Six teaspoons versus the two teaspoons that we're using. Oh, you use two
0: teaspoons I thought, I thought you said two tablespoons. My my apologies. If I did say that, I, I may have said that.
1: I'm not a, a big sickeningly sweet kind of person anyway. So I I do tend to like the sweetness dialed down. So yeah, for my for my money and for my taste, this is this is the right amount of sugar, I think. And you used use brown sugar, right?
0: Yes. Light brown sugar. I debated using dark brown sugar, and I'm sure I would still get pretty good results from Mm -hmm. that because I really enjoy maple flavors.
1: Maybe. I mean, mean, maybe even just bypass the sugar and and use a a little bit of molasses. That might even be an interesting way to try.
0: Hmm. Yeah. We'll have to follow this up. We'll have to talk more about Irish coffee. We do.
1: We need to experiment with a lot more recipes.
0: We need to drink a lot more Irish coffee is what (laughs) we're saying. And okay, for this recipe again at Chow Hound, they call for 3 ounces of Irish whiskey. I felt like that was just a little bit heavy. And they say 4 ounces of espresso, 4 ounces of water, 4 ounces of heavy cream, and two fresh mint leaves for garnish.
1: Uh, you can leave that out. And what's the what's the result? Is that does that make, it, it, make it, it makes Irish coffee? Well, I know that, but it, does it yield 2 cups or 3 cups or what or or servings or what do they They don't say. They don't say. Okay. They don't
0: say, but I mean that's the, that's more than 12 ounces right there.
1: That's like... You said it was four ounces of coffee, three ounces of whiskey. So we have eight. We have... Uh, okay, so it's just
0: under 12 ounces.
1: So basically two cups, I guess. Yeah. One person's
0: mug. Yeah, okay. And I know a lot of people that would say that that mug isn't big enough. But uh yeah, yeah. It's, yeah,
1: but that's... You know, think about that. That's an ounce and a half of coffee or an ounce and a half of whiskey in each drink. So that's... That's a that's plenty. That's a substantial amount. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to be set f- for the rest of the day after the drink we have right here. <laughs> Wish you could try my Irish coffee. It's it's just the best today. It is. Now speaking about those mugs, though, we're just using our standard ceramic mugs here at the house because I didn't get any Irish coffee mugs for the occasion. But I came this close to picking some up at a local Target. The problem was I found the glasses to have a very uncomfortable, irritating glass like a seam to them on the handle you know when like a, the mold eric of a of a glass is made and one half is molded to the other and said there's a seam of glass that runs down where the two halves were joined
1: yeah and this is where you hold it on the loop right yes okay. it's
0: on the loop on both sides of the loop and it was just too pointy it was too irritating
1: and it's on the inside not on the outside of the, it's of the on the both loop. sides it's, it's, oh yeah. okay yeah yeah
0: because it, that's where it was joined all the way around I wasn't going to pick up any of those glasses. Now, if you look these up online, you'll find that there's not a huge consensus of what an Irish coffee glass looks like. Some of them look a little bit more like a wine glass. Some of them look a little bit more like a, uh, like a soda jerks root beer float glass, you know, where you would have this handle on the side. It's all made of glass. It has a pedestal to it. Right. But then like some look a little bit but more a lot like shorter. wine glasses that don't have the handle. But I don't think it makes much sense to have a Irish coffee glass without the handle because it's not a cold beverage. It's It's a warm beverage. So you got to have that handle, but because it is glass, it's going to be harder to handle than a ceramic mug would be. So if you have someone, you know, that you're serving an Irish coffee to that is a little bit sensitive to the heat of the material, maybe you don't serve it to them in the glass like traditionally the Irish coffee is done. You serve it to them in a traditional coffee ceramic mug, something that they're more familiar with. But the the beautiful thing about the glass mug is that it's a great presentation drink. If you're mm-hmm. using the whipped cream up on top and the coffee below, it looks like a dessert a dessert version of a Guinness. So it has the dark tones of the the, the coffee right. beneath. It's just appealing to the eye. And so I think that's why this kind of coffee beverage winds up in a clear glass glass. Right. It's it's very elegant. And to use it in the more fancy sort of wine glass works as well. Just make sure that you're not using like a flute wine glass. That doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) You need a wide brim. You need a large glass to contain the 10 or so ounces of the beverage. Mm -hmm. Now, personally, I'm probably going to pick a couple of these up. We have a a chain of stores here in America. I don't know if they're all over the country or not. They're called cost plus world market. And I figure that they would have some excellent glasses compared to the ones at Target, just, uh, you know, not not the greatest. And I would not recommend you pick something up at Walmart or Target or the like. So I'm going to check out Cost Plus World Market later today. And if I find a glass that's particularly satisfying, I might mention it next week in our show notes. And I don't know what else to say about the Irish coffee. Uh, you want to review the one we have today? Any thoughts, Eric?
1: Again, it's, you know, to each his own. It's, it, it's whatever flavor you're looking for. You may prefer it a little bit more sweet. You may prefer it. Um, with the with whipped cream versus whipped the whipping cream, cream. And you may prefer it with no sugar whatsoever. You may um, find your, your your favorite Irish whiskey or another
0: Irish whiskey that just serves this particular cocktail a little bit better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all sorts of varieties that you could that you could do with it. But um, it just, at this time of the year, it just feels right. It's one of those uh, comfort drinks that when the weather outside is frightful, just feels like the right thing to, to have in your cup. And it's a um, good rev up
0: to the Christmas holiday season. Right. It doesn't feel like a Christmas beverage. It feels like something that belongs to the fall and just the cold season in general. It's not a festive thing like eggnog. You can drink this from September through February. But again, who, who are we to judge if you want to have one in the summertime? We're not going to judge you.
1: You could also use decaffeinated coffee. Just use decaf. And, and so it's essentially a cocktail at that point. You don't have the the battling of the caffeine and the alcohol there, it would be a good nightcap right before bed. Hmm.
0: Very good point. Well, I think that that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Top Brew Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 43. So if you want to find the show notes, you'll find them at topbrew.fm slash 43. And if you would like to keep up to date with us on Twitter or just find out when a new episode is available, you can find us at topbrew.fm is our name on Twitter. We're also available on Facebook, if that is the way you roll, at facebook.com slash topbrewfm. You'll also find me on Twitter. I'm underscore Joe Darnell. And I want to give a special thanks to the sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. It's really awesome to have the support of great roasters like Eric. And to show your support of this podcast, enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that we sent you. Use that coupon code Thrasher to get 25% off of your first order. I am Joe Darnell, Thanks for listening to Top Brew.